14. Afterward, he appeared unto the eleven as they sat at meat and upbraided them for their unbelief or with their unbelief and hardness of heart, because they believed not them which had seen him after he was risen. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. I mentioned uh, that if we could grasp how important souls are to Jesus Christ. This was before his ascension into heaven on his heart. This is why he came. This is what he commissioned his church and his disciples to. Let's go on. Verse 16. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. Now, what we're going to, to look at tonight is the promises that pertain to the commission. And so God has given to us a humongous task, but he's given to us some promises in the fulfillment of that task. Okay, if you join me this evening, let's go to the Lord in, in prayer, and uh, let's ask the Lord for his way in this service. We, we truly need him as always. Father, thank you. Just, again, a privilege to be here in church. It's been good to hear the testimony of, of the young people and counselors as, as God, you blessed at camp and some very important decisions uh, were made. It's not just a matter of having fun, but, Lord, it's a matter of, of uh, just coming and yielding and allowing you uh, to get a hold of hearts anew, and I thank you that you did that. Lord, we've constantly prayed that you would raise up here at Valley Bible Baptist Church laborers for the harvest field. And I pray, God, that uh, you would raise up uh, young people and adults and uh, those that would love you with all their heart. And, Lord, even as we speak here of the commission, uh, those that would take seriously this commission that you've called us to, that we would understand uh, the importance of souls, that we would understand your heart, your burden for the lost. Lord, would you have your way tonight in this service? Would you do something of eternal value in this place? We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And you may be seated. Now, as we have pointed out, we've come to this section here in the Gospel of Mark, and uh, we, we started this, I, I think, on Wednesday night, and uh, we have seen that each of the Gospels and the book of Acts, uh, the Lord has given to us this commission, uh, his last words before he ascended into heaven. He gave this commission to his church and to his disciples. And Really, uh, as you study the, the background here in John chapter 14, uh, Jesus said to his disciples the night that he was betrayed, he said, I, I'm going to go away from you. And he said, if I go away from you, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And if I go away, I'm going to come back again. And so that was his words to the disciples the night before he was crucified. And, and then he was crucified and uh, placed in the, in the tomb. And we know that he arose from the grave. And it was after that that he appeared to the disciples and on many occasions gave to them this commission. And really what he was saying, I'm going to go away from you and I'm preparing a place for you, but I've got a job for you to do while I'm gone, while I'm away. I've got some marching orders for you. I've got a, a commission. I've got direction for you. I've got a purpose for your life. And I could take you with me, but there is work to be done. The time is not yet. And so I'm leaving you behind uh, to fulfill the task for which I came into the world. This is what I want you to do as you await my return. And so his commission, as you see here, is very extensive. Mark chapter 16, verse 15. Uh, he says to them, go ye into all the world. And he says, preach the gospel to every creature. 
That's pretty far-reaching. That's pretty extensive. All the world, every person. In the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 28, verse number 19, he says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations. And in Luke chapter 24, verse 47, that repentance, remission of sins, should be preached in his name among all nations. John chapter 20, verse 21, As my Father hath sent me, even so send I you. And Jesus came into the world, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. And so he came to seek and to save that which was lost. And he gives that to us as his commission. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, You shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. Our destination is the uttermost part. Our destination are the farthest regions, the farthest reaches. Somebody put it this way, Our commission is not completed until every man, woman, boy, and girl Upon the face of planet earth has had an opportunity to hear the gospel and to respond to that gospel. Our commission is to every person in every nation, from every tribe, every tongue, every language, in every part of the earth, no stone is to be left unturned. That's the commission. Humanly speaking, that's impossible. Humanly speaking. But along with his commission are some crucial, important promises. That's what I want to look at tonight. I want you to see what the Lord has promised to you as you're obedient to what he calls you to. Now, I, I like uh, to put it like, like Brother Wilkins has expressed in Proverbs chapter 11, verse 30, He that winneth souls is wise. And so Brother Wilkins would say, if it's wise to win souls, then it's foolish not to do so. And so that is so very true. In fact, uh, the Bible says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. So if we're following the Lord, that's the commission is to be fishers for the souls of men. That's why the Lord has left you here. That's why you're here, to glorify him. And the Bible speaks very clearly, to glorify him, we bear fruit. We are to be fruit producers. So let's tonight examine some of the promises that go with the commission. I think it'll be encouraging to you just to see what the Lord has given to you as a promise uh, to fulfill and to obey. Now let's go back and I want to one by one look at, uh, at the different scriptures in the Gospels where the Lord has given to us this commission as he has uh, resurrected just before he's ascended. Go to the Gospel of Matthew, uh, chapter 28. We'll start there. We'll just move through the Gospels as they come. Matthew, chapter 28. I want to call this the promise of his presence. The promise of his presence. In verse number 18, Matthew 28, uh, Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Jesus has all authority. He is God. He's creator. He spoke the world into being, and by him all things consist and exist. 
somebody had mentioned here just recently, I don't know who it was uh, talking to, and, and they were talking about some science, and, and they made the statement, uh, said it, it just doesn't make sense from all we know about the atom. Uh, it should explode. What holds it together? And, of course, that's the Lord Jesus Christ. He, he holds everything together. And, uh, by him all things consist. And so he has authority. And here is something that's so very important in that authority. He has the authority to commission us. Uh, he has the authority to give us commandment. And it's that authority that he has given unto us. And so with that authority, Jesus Christ, creator God, uh, become man he says to us in verse number 19, go ye therefore. Uh, I'm sending you with my authority to take my message to the world. Uh, you can imagine tonight that you work for a company. And the owner, the president of that company comes to you. He is in charge. He's got the authority. He's the owner. He's the president. He's the CEO. He's the one giving direction. And he sends you with a message to everyone else in the company. And so as you take that message to others in the company, your authority is the president. You're not going in your name. You're going under that president's authority. You have the authority from the owner to give that message to the rest of the company. And here's Jesus, the God of the universe, who has all power. He sends us with his message under his authority, we are ambassadors taking his message to the world. We are representing the throne of God as we go to the world. And so he says, go ye therefore. And here's his commission in verse number 19. Go ye therefore and teach all nations. Uh, he's saying this is to give them the gospel. Uh, teach them the death, the burial, the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're to teach the world the marvelous news, the good news of Jesus Christ. We're to teach them who he is and what he's done. Now, it used to be in the United States of America, there was a pretty good grasp of who Jesus is, but that's no longer the case. And we've become a very humanistic, secularized society, a very anti-God society. And I find that many times now, you've got to start from the very basics. You've got to start in the beginning, God. Uh, created the heaven and the earth. And I'm finding people now uh, who do not even have a grasp as to who Jesus is and who God is and all of that. But uh, we are to teach uh, the world the marvelous news of Jesus Christ, of salvation, of reconciliation that comes only through the Lord Jesus Christ. And so he says, uh, go, teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And that authority to baptize has been given by the Lord Jesus Christ. And my conviction as you compare this with the book of Acts is that authority then is given to the local church that he has established. And those that trust the Lord Jesus Christ are to be baptized as a testimony of their faith. And baptism preaches the gospel. Baptism is the death, the burial, the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. A baptism tells the testimony of what has happened into a life when one has been saved. Uh, they have died to their old life. They're buried with Christ. They are raised to walk in a new life, a new beginning. And if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. And so that's the picture that God gives. And then verse number 20 in this commission teaching them, to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. Uh, that's discipleship. 
So we're to teach the message of Christ that leads to salvation. And those that have been saved are to follow the Lord in baptism. And then the commission has been given that they are to be discipled. They're to be taught. They're to be trained uh, to be obedient, to be observant of the Lord Jesus Christ. That foundation has to be given in their lives. Uh, So well illustrated for us in Acts chapter 11, the local church at Antioch. The Bible speaks of the great grace of God that was upon that church and their testimony and their witness and God moved in their midst and uh, the city of Antioch was touched with the gospel. There were multitudes in that city that were saved and I've mentioned before that Antioch was known as a very wicked city with temple worship and idolatry and uh, temple prostitution and on it would go but the message of Jesus changed the city. There were many that came to saving faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Bible teaches in Acts chapter 11 uh, that they taught, they discipled those that had been saved. And they did so for the space of about a year. And that's where the Bible tells us they were known as Christians. Uh, Jesus transformed their lives. They became little Jesus, little Christ. And they're fulfilling this commission. Uh, They've taught the gospel. Those that have received the gospel have been saved. And those that have been saved to follow the Lord in believer's baptism, they're added to that church. And there in that church, they are discipled and they are trained. And it's this church that now that begins to send out into the uttermost parts of the world and fulfill the commission that God has given unto them. Now, here is the promise that I want us to see in this section. Uh, we said it's the promise of his presence. Notice in verse 20. He says, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Now, there was one man that did not like flying airplanes. And he said, I've got a scripture for that. He said, lo, I'm with you. And of course, that's to take that scripture out of context. But uh, here the Lord says, lo, I am with you always even to the end of the world. That's the promise of his presence. See, here's the the aspect that the Lord gives. We've been commissioned. But as we go, he says, I'm going to go with you. I'm with you. We're given the assurance of his presence that he goes before us. This morning I taught in the adult Sunday school class the book of Jeremiah. And when God called Jeremiah, God said, Jeremiah... You're going to face some opposition. They're not going to like your message. They're going to reject your message. But the Lord said, Jeremiah, don't be afraid of their faces, for I am with thee to deliver thee. And that's really similar to what the Lord says to his disciples as he has given us that commission. Uh, You know, I'm timid by nature. Any of you timid by nature? How many of you are introverts? I'm an ultra introvert. And uh, that's my nature. That's my personality. And so for me, when the Lord began to deal with my heart about being a witness, um, boy, I'm okay talking to pigs and I'm okay talking to cows and okay out in the middle of the cornfield, but to share my faith, that was a step of faith uh, in just God's work. But this something that helped me is to understand that the Lord was with me and that the Lord would never call me or ask me to do anything but what he would not be with me. As the Lord began to deal with my heart about a call to preach, and this again was a promise uh, that he would be with me, I found that the will of God will never lead you where the grace of God cannot keep you. 
And if God calls you to do something, God will be with you in the midst of that. So the Lord's called each of us to be a witness. And you say, Pastor, I'm, I'm afraid. I'm afraid of people. I'm, I'm afraid. I don't know what to say. This promise will encourage you in the midst of it. I'm with you. And this statement, even to the end of the world. See, our commission does not end until Jesus comes back for us. Now, I, there, I've come across some people recently, they, they teach, teach what they call a, a mid-Acts dispensational theory, and, and they teach that this commission is no longer in operation, that Paul the Apostle presented a new mystery, and the mystery is the grace of God, and uh, they've called it no longer are we to baptize, uh, folks. But friends, Jesus said, lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the world. It's evident this commission goes until Christ uh, Jesus comes back for us. And so we have here the promise of his presence. It's a wonderful promise as we fulfill the commission. Now let's go to the Gospel of Mark chapter 16 and uh, look at another statement concerning the commission. And here's one that has often been misunderstood, taken out of context. I, I want to call this the promise of his protection. The promise of his protection. In Mark uh, 16, verse number 15... He said unto them, Go ye into all the world, that, that's literally everywhere, and preach the gospel to every creature, that's every person. I just heard from Brother Sean Lunday, missionary in Brazil, and he's preparing a journey, a trek into the Amazon basin. They're going to some unreached people groups. And so he's asking for prayer as they reach out into these regions of the world that have been unreached. And uh, really, it's been astounding, amazing what God is doing in some of these regions. And there have been churches, and we support another missionary brother, Jonathan Hernandez, who works along some of the tributaries of the Amazon. And uh, they have established some churches in regions and areas that 10 years ago had not even heard the gospel. But God is moving marvelously in those areas and those regions. So we're to go into all the world, everywhere, preach the gospel to every creature, every person. Now here's the very simplicity of the gospel. In verse 16, he that believeth, and notice the statement, and is baptized. Now some have used that to teach baptismal regeneration. We dealt with that uh, on Wednesday night. It's not what it teaches all. Here's, here's the key. He that believeth shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. That's exactly what John chapter 3, uh, verse number 18 expresses. Uh, John chapter 3, verse 18 says, He that believeth is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. John 3, verse 36 states the same. See, only two kinds of people, those that have believed in Christ, those that have not believed in Christ, those that do believe in Christ ought to follow the Lord in baptism, but salvation is through the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ. As Paul expressed to the Philippian jailer, what must I do to be saved? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Now this is beyond the head knowledge. This simply means heart faith coming to the Lord and uh, repentance and faith are two sides of the same coin. And when one comes to Christ in repentance and faith, they are born again. A miracle is worked in their hearts. So here's the simplicity of the gospel message. Now, in verse number 17, this is the promise of his protection. And I want to deal with this because these verses have been often taken out of context and misused. In verse 17, and these signs shall follow them that believe. 
In my name shall they cast out devils, they shall speak with new tongues, they shall take up serpents, if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them, they shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Now these verses have been confused, some have taken literally for our day, and there is a charismatic movement that takes and really emphasizes this, and uh, maybe you've heard of the snake handlers, and we disagree with these teachings, and uh, that's not what God, God never tells us that we are to tempt uh, the Lord our God. In fact, uh, I just uh, read the testimony of a man that uh, was the snake handler. He quoted this, and he said, God will protect me, and he's handling a rattlesnake. The rattlesnake bit him, and he died. And so that's to tempt the Lord God. This is not what the Bible's teaching here. Now, also, some claim these verses were not a part of the Scripture. They were added later. We disagree with that. We believe all scripture is given by inspiration of God. It's profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction, and righteousness. The men of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished into all good works. We believe that. Now, we believe this scripture is to be rightly divided. Now, as you study the word of God, there were some signs that were given to the apostles, the signs of the apostles. I believe there were apostolic signs. I believe that Peter, if you uh, read his testimony and that of Paul, and they were given some things uh, in the initial stage of the gospel going forth and uh, we believe that also there were the sign gifts that went along with this and I, I believe that tongues was a sign gift and let me just state that tongues in the Bible were known languages the word glossa the word tongues they're the same word and they were known languages and what you read in the word of God in Acts chapter 2 that uh, every man heard them speak in their own tongue or their own language and we have 17 different language groups there and here was the miracle as the apostles preached uh, there were 17 language groups and the Bible said each one heard them in their own tongue and it would be like me speaking here tonight to you in Spanish and you are German and you're hearing in that German language and maybe somebody else is Italian they're hearing in that Italian language and God worked a miracle as the gospel went forth and you will also notice in the beginning uh, that every time tongues were used there were Jews that were present but the Bible teaches in 1 Corinthians chapter number 13 that with the completion of the New Testament and the message of God, that that which is in part would be done away with. And there's no longer the need for these sign gifts that have been given. Okay, so I believe that's the context. That's not our message tonight, but I think there's a lot of confusion because we don't rightly divide the word of God. Now, again, some would use this to tempt uh, the Lord. Now, uh, I believe that as you look at the scripture there's the principle that we should grasp. And our job is to take the gospel to the world. Our job is to be obedient to Jesus Christ. Our job is to give the good news. And I believe we have a promise that as we go, we have God's protection. Do you realize as you are obedient to the Lord, there's absolutely nothing that can happen to you except God allows it? If you're in the will of God, doing what God wants you to do, fulfilling his word, there's nothing that can take place in your life except God allows it. Now, a prime example of this would be Paul the Apostle. Remember in Acts chapter 27, Paul the Apostle has been uh, stranded on the Isle of Melita, and uh, there, uh, as he is stranded, he has an open door. And they're gathering wood. It's cold. It's been raining. They have shipwrecked on that island. 
And the Bible teaches that a serpent uh, bit him and latched onto him, and the people of the island waited for him to die when he should have died. And uh, God protected him and kept him, and it opened the door for the preaching of the gospel. He didn't tempt the Lord, but there's the testimony of God's protection in his life there at that particular time. You know, I love to read missionary biographies and stories and uh, reading the, the story of, of, uh, of uh, uh, Patmos, uh, John Patmos on, and the Isles, the uh, preaching to the Anawa people and uh, the, the cannibal regions and how God had called him, John Patton, I said Patmos, but John Patton and how God had called him to this region. They said, they said to him, John, you're crazy. You're going to go to a place and uh, they're just going to kill you and eat you. And he said, but this is where God wants me to go. And you read the account. It's a marvelous. If you like to read, I would encourage you to read that account. And you can just read of God's hand, the protection upon his life, and the miracles that God worked, and the open door that God gave. And multitudes of times they conspired together to kill him, but every time God put his hedge about him, protected him. It's because God's timing was not there. And by the end of the account, almost an entire island has come to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. It's a wonderful story. Another account is that of Bruchko and Bruce Olson. He was called of God to kind of a remote region near Colombia, Venezuela, up in the mountains, and just a marvelous testimony of God's protection. He was actually shot with an arrow when he first arrived. And he lay and uh, thought he was going to die, but God brought healing. And, and just through God's working and God's hand upon his life, it was evident uh, that there was something different about Bruce Olson. They called him Bruchko. And multitudes of that particular tribe came to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. See, I believe that nothing can happen to God's obedient servant except God allows it. And there's the hand of protection that God gives in the life of one that loves him and serves him. Now, I believe that, of course, all of us are going to die. And we don't know when that is. And who knows? I may be preaching and killed. Don't know. But I do know this. If I'm doing what God wants me to do, that nothing can happen unless God allows it. And if God brings to that point, oh, what a glorious way to go to meet Jesus. I've told you about John R. Rice. He was preaching, and he was preaching against alcohol and against the bars. And some of the bar owners cornered him after the service, and they said, Mr. Rice, don't preach in that name anymore. Don't preach against liquor anymore. If you do so, we're going to kill you. And he just looked at him and said, don't you threaten me with heaven like that. And uh, they backed off of him. See, that's the understanding of God's people. If God's called you, you'll be obedient and you have his protective hedge. Let's go to Luke chapter 24. Luke, wow, I didn't know it's this late. Gonna have to hurry. Luke chapter 24. I want to call this the promise of his plan. The promise of his plan. Luke chapter 24, let's just pick up here, verse 44. Uh, oh, what a marvelous blessing here these disciples had after the Lord has been resurrected. He's come to them, verse 44. He said unto them, These are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. 
and open indeed their understanding, they might understand the scriptures. And uh, what a privilege. The Lord uh, took the scriptures back into the Old Testament, and he taught those things concerning himself. And I think it's also evident in this context that he taught through the scriptures that all nations are in God's purpose. That from the very beginning, it has been God's plan to reach a world. And God called Abram. Said, Abram, I want you to go to a land that I will show thee, and I will make of thee a blessing, and in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. And then we have God's purpose in raising up Israel, and his plan was to bring a Messiah to the world. And you can find that God's desire for Gentile nations is throughout the Old Testament. You'll read about it in the Psalms and in the book of Isaiah. And on we could go about from the rising of the sun to the going down of the same. The name of the Lord's name is to be praised. That's the desire of God. Notice in verse 46, and here's the simple gospel. He said unto them, Thus it is written, Thus it behooved Christ to suffer, to rise from the dead the third day. But then he gives this commission, that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations. But here's his plan, beginning at Jerusalem. What's that mean? We're to start in our city, our Española, with our family, our loved ones our neighbors, our co-workers. From our Jerusalem, the gospel then is to spread forth. And so the plan is that we would begin with those that are in our realm of influence. And as we share the Lord with them and we follow Matthew chapter 28 and they are saved and follow the Lord in baptism, they are discipled. And that plan then is that the gospel would spread to the regions beyond. Chapter 40, uh, 24, verse 48, you're witnesses of these things. We tell someone who tells someone who tells someone, and soon the world can be reached with this plan. Jason, come here for just a second. So here is God's plan. I witness Jason's my friend, and so I share the gospel with Jason, and I tell Jason, Jason, you're a sinner, and apart from Jesus Christ, you're going to die and go to hell. And I share the gospel with Jason. Jason trusts the Lord. He calls upon the Lord. And uh, he comes and I walk with him down the island. Jason gets baptized and becomes a part here at Valley Bible Baptist. Then we began to disciple Jason and teach Jason. And Jason, there's a guy over there, Dominic, that needs the Lord. Go get Dominic. Brother Dave, I'm going to reach out to you. And you come here for just a moment. And so here's God's plan, beginning at my Jerusalem. And so here is Dominic, and Dominic's a friend, and he's a pretty wicked guy, and he needs salvation. And so uh, Jason goes and shares the Lord with Dominic, and I share the Lord with Brother Dave, and uh, he gets saved and comes, and he's baptized, and they begin to grow in the Lord, and we disciple, and, and then we've got four of us, and the four of us, we go get somebody, and then we've got eight, and the eight of us go and get somebody, and we've got 16, and the 16 of us go and get somebody, and Here's God's plan, is that the gospel would spread forth. And as we follow the plan of God, the will of God, you guys can have a seat. As we follow the will of God and do what God, we're obedient to the Lord. God works his plan. It's not us, it's God that is doing the work. That's what happened, by the way, at Antioch. And lives were changed. Let's go to John chapter 20 and verse number 21. John chapter 20, verse 21. I'll move through this last part. Quickly. John chapter 20, verse number 21. 
I want to call this the promise of his peace. Then said Jesus to them again, Peace be unto you as my Father hath sent me, even so send I you. See, Jesus was always mindful of his purpose. He said in John chapter 4, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me. And then he says, uh, look on, on the fields, they're white, they're ready to harvest. Say not ye, there are four months, and then cometh the harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes, look on the fields, they're white, ready for harvest. And he's sharing his plan, he's sharing his purpose, and he's sharing uh, God's call for us. And there's that peace as we're obedient to that call. Now God promises as we fulfill that task, peace be unto you. Obedience to God's will always leads to peace. When you're doing what God wants you to do, there's peace in your heart. How many of you don't raise your hand? How many of you have been disobedient to the Lord and there's no peace? You can't be at peace if you're not obedient to the Lord. You see, you can't be at peace in your Christian walk if you're not fulfilling the commission, telling others of Christ. But when you're obedient to the Lord, my peace I give unto you. And obedience to God always leads to peace. Go back to John chapter 16 and verse number 33. John 16 verse 33. Here's Jesus, uh, his night that he is betrayed. Some of the final words he shares before his death and crucifixion. Verse 33, these things I have spoken unto you that in me you might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And so his peace is upon those that are obedient to his will. And then one last scripture. Go to the book of Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1. And we call this the promise of his power. The promise of his power. Uh, we read in Acts 1 verse 8, But ye shall receive power. Again, the task of reaching the world is humanly impossible, but it's divinely possible. God will never ask us to do that which he will not equip us to do. And you'll find of this church in Jerusalem that as they waited for this promise on the day of Pentecost, Acts 2, uh, the Lord empowered his church. And again, in Acts chapter 4, uh, he empowered his church. And in verse number 33, the Bible says, with great power, and gave the apostles witness. And so it was the power of God that accomplished the work of God. And you read of God's power upon these apostles and multitudes in Jerusalem are saved and come to know Jesus Christ. And then they're scattered abroad. They went everywhere preaching the gospel as they are scattered abroad preaching boldly the gospel of Jesus Christ. We have churches in Samaria, churches in Judea. Uh, we have churches then established in the uttermost parts of the world. Now in Acts chapter 1 verse number 8, he makes the statement, "Ye shall receive power. After that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses. You're to be my witnesses. And then he says, both in Jerusalem. Uh, and that is to go to our locality. But then he says, and in all Judea, and in Samaria, and under the uttermost part of the earth, uh, the earth, and that would involve sending. There are regions that I can't go, and I can't be in the Ukraine right now, but we've got a man out of our church that can be there right now, and we can pray for him. I can't be in Cambodia right now, but I can sure see God working in Cambodia right now, 
And we're hearing the testimony of uh, good Bible studies that are being started right there. And a lot of young people coming out to those Bible studies. And what a blessing that is to hear. And uh, we received a picture in the culture there in Cambodia is when you come into the house, you leave shoes. And so we saw the picture and there were maybe 30 pairs of shoes. And so what a beautiful sight as these shoes are scattered all over the front door. Just that picture of all of these that have come to the Bible study to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. I can't go there, but I can sure send somebody there. And uh, that's the part to the uttermost parts of the world. That's God's commission to us as a church. In Valley Bible Baptist, our job is not complete until every man, woman, boy, and girl upon the face of this planet has had an opportunity to hear the gospel message of Jesus Christ and to turn in saving faith to Christ. We have wonderful promises as we fulfill this commission. We looked at those promises. Matthew, his presence. Lo, I am with you. Mark, his protection. In the Gospel of Luke, his plan, beginning in Jerusalem. In the Gospel of John, his peace. As I'm obedient, he gives his peace. And in the book of Acts, his power. You shall receive power. I can't do it on my own. Valley Bible Baptist, we can't do it on our own, but we've got some promises that as we go forth obediently, the Lord works in great ways. You know, I find it's kind of like this. Did you ever try to ride a bike without pedaling? Any of you ever try that? Did you ever try to balance a bike and you didn't pedal it? You fell. And sometimes... We're not pedaling and moving forward with what God calls us to do. So we're not really prospering, but as we begin to pedal and you're obedient to the Lord, now you can balance that bike and begin to move forward. And that's the way it is, is we're obedient to the gospel. We're obedient to the commission that God's given to us. Let's bow our heads tonight.